there will be some airing of grievances. <laughs> yes, yes, there will be. <laughs> and feats of strength. <laughs> <laughs> to another episode of the legendary stay House podcast i'm chris and i'm here with the good doctor ian from the mvp yes, podcast sir. and also vibes and stuff yes sir yes sir we in the building stay off mvp vibes collab <laughs> <laughs> roseland <laughs> One of the top collaborations of 2019 as we close out the year Yes, yes. Yep, long time coming, man. I, I, I've been been anxious to get on. But it uh, is an honor to be here on the uh, the Stay Ops podcast, man. Stay Ops is not a person or people. It is a movement. movement. <laughs> so um, I'm a long time listener, first time call in. It's good stuff, man. So uh, I know you guys like to do your shouts out. So you got any shouts out you want to throw out as we kick off the show? Shout out to all those brothers out there like myself who haven't gotten a haircut in four weeks and are walking around looking like Jay-Z. <laughs> do, you and the, do you and the wife have uh, self-portraits of, uh, behind you? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm out here. I'm out here shaggy, man. I'm, I'm, um, you know how it gets in the winter, man. You, you, At least for me, man, I get busy working, man, and Weather is colder, and you're just like, you know what? I'm not gonna get my hair cut today. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. My son is in that same boat, um, and the wife wants him to kind of grow it out now because I'm guessing she wants him to get that that Duke starting five look. So, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a I'm a concede to the wife on this and let him try something different. So you know he's on board with it because he hates haircuts anyway. Still, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't I don't hate haircuts. I just hate black barbershops. Really? Yeah, man. The experience is kind of I'm just kind of over it, man. I'm just kind of over it. Like people are all like, oh, the conversation. It's like, nah, man. The conversation ain't that it ain't that awesome, man. It ain't that stimulating. A lot, a lot of the guys in the barbershop still support R. Kelly, man. I'm like, I can't get with that. <laughs> but you gotta separate the music from the person, right? Mm, I'm not buying that because the uh, music, the the music is, is is in his case, the music is is uh 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 directly informed by that person's leanings. <laughs> like, I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think about sixteen year old girls when I'm stepping in the name of love. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> but he was. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Nah, it's just and then the weight, man, the weight in barbershops is it's a bit much. Like, yeah, when I was 17, 18 years old, man, I, I didn't have no problem blowing out, blowing off four hours out of my day, but 
I'm in my thirties now, man. I, I my time is valuable. I got stuff to do, man. <laughs> yeah, and and from taking my son, uh, because I've I've gone to the cleanly shaven look, but when I take my son into the barber shop, uh, I'm finding that it's one of two extremes. You either get the the cats who don't care that there's kids there, or you get the cats that care too much that kids are there, and then there's no conversation hardly. So, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I feel where you coming from. I would rather, I would rather the latter than the former. Like, cause, cause these days, man, like it's not like it used to be. Half the people in the barbershop are looking at their iPhone anyway. So a lot of times there isn't that much conversation going on. But when there is, it's like, yeah, it, it generally is conversation that's inappropriate for younger ears. So yeah, I'd rather the latter than the former. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you mean the barbershop isn't like LeBron tells you it is? <laughs> no, man, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> you, you mean with, with, with everyone in there agreeing with one person? No, no, it's not like that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like, he paying us, so we, uh, <laughs> we need to agree with him. <laughs> you are the GOAT. <laughs> uh, preach, brother. <laughs> more people need to drink red wine <laughs> <laughs> I drink red wine at practice <laughs> oh my god don't even get me started <laughs> we're gonna, we gonna hop into it man I know you uh, you brought up a great topic and uh, it had been on my mind too with the close out of the decade we're gonna discuss our, our top moments from the NBA for the past decade so 2010 to 2019. Wait, wait, wait. Were we discussing the top moments of the decade or top? Did you want to do year or decade? I have prepared. Okay, let's let's roll with the year then. That works. Okay. Okay. Yes. Let's... But I, I wouldn't mind doing decade. I, I I could you know I can get back to you on that one. Okay, so we'll we'll kick that down the road and uh, schedule something later. But we can do we can knock the year out. Okay. So what you got? We'll we'll make this an official stay out list segment. The top moments of the past NBA year of 2019. Okay, okay. So um these are the 10 most memorable moments of 2019 in the NBA. Uh the most eventful, emotional, unpredictable, unforgettable, and Lancelot. <laughs> Honorable mention, man. Honorable mention goes to one of the most unforgivable and uh, unforgettable and unforgivable moves. Lance Stevenson not getting re-signed this year. That's that's the the league is a, the league is a better league with Lance Stevenson in it. I don't care what anyone says. All right, but moving moving on. I actually agree. Number number ten. Uh, the most uh, number ten for the most memorable moments of the NBA. Daryl Morey's tweet about in support of the Hong Kong protesters, because it wasn't so much the tweet I found to be interesting, but the aftermath after the tweet, Um, because a lot of players who purport to be woke and socially conscious actually came out and didn't have flattering things to say about him deciding to tweet what he tweeted. Because of all the money in China that was being jeopardized and support there. And um, 
it just kind to me it just kind of show and, and yes i'm talking about lebron it just kind of showed to me that people are only really activists and and woke when it's convenient for them when it when it's not going to adversely affect their pockets then yeah yeah I, i'll speak out on this issue but you know, if 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 it's gonna affect my pockets, then hey, that that person who spoke out on it, you know, they're 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 uninformed. Uh, you know, there there's some things about that situation they 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 probably just aren't 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 aware of. Therefore, they shouldn't speak on it. So, I don't know. I don't I don't know how you felt about that. Moment. Well, Adam Silver had kind of shut LeBron down on that too. Um, You're you right. Know, he did. I, I'm I've never been with the whole shut up and dribble thing. You know, my. Oddly enough, I ride with LeBron as far as that, and he shouldn't have to. I mean, a person should have the right to say whatever, whether it's dumb or not. You know, you shouldn't, you know, pencil hole him into just being a, a monkey dribbling a basketball. But at the same, no, at I the same time, it's just like Adam Silver was like, you know, let me deal with this because we know how to delicately balance this narrative so that, A, we can we can smooth over this China thing and still make our money. You need to be quiet. So you know I, I rock with, with Adam Silver on that. I mean he he backpedaled a little bit, but he still had to tell LeBron to, to LeBron rather to, to keep it quiet. So you're not jeopardizing either lane that we're trying to run in right now. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that was that was that was just interesting because it, it was like. You know, for him to be like, oh, well, he 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 just I'm sure he wasn't informed. It just to me, it just it, it felt very dismissive and very, um, I don't know, convenient, you know. And sometimes when you take stances on things, you, you're going to you're going to tick some people off, man. You got to be prepared for the consequences, you know, like I'm I'm sorry, but wearing a shirt that says I can't breathe, you know, the stakes aren't very high. You're doing something like that. But tweeting against the policies of a sovereign nation. Uh, that consumes a lot of basketball. That that's that's a little riskier. So you know, I don't know. It just that moment kind of show where where it kind of show where people's heads are at when it comes to speaking out on things and what they'll speak out against and what they won't speak out against. Yeah, and I, I think uh, some of it had to do with Daryl Morey too. Daryl Morey, he just does things, and I don't think a lot of people you know take him seriously. You know, he's. He's like that that crazy uncle that just says stuff, but every so often he'll get one right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. A broken clock is right at least twice a day. So that's that's Daryl Moore, you know. I mean it's it's so they just kinda wanted him to to keep it shut too, but on the surface it doesn't look like it's that been it's been that huge an impact in, in the end game. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. That's why I landed at the bottom of my list at number 10. Number nine, I got the CP3 and Westbrook. Mm. Um, now, that that was interesting, man, because we we knew we, we, we kind of had it. You know, it was in the year after after PG-13 left that it was probably a good idea to trade Westbrook. We just didn't know where he was going to end up. But to trade him up to Houston in exchange for CP3, like you know i felt what they were really trading at the time was was peace of mind and more specifically james harden's peace of mind they were trying to appease their star and i'm like man westbrook significantly raises their ceiling but now in hindsight 
it don't look like it, it's, it was that good of a trade. Now there's rumblings that they're going they're going to trade Westbrook again. Oh wow, I hadn't heard that yet. Oh, you haven't heard that? Yeah, that's the, that's the rumors that's been floating around. I mean, I assume you want to get some of those picks back <laughs> if you trade it off, but you can't convince me that Daryl Morey likes the way Westbrook plays. I, I, you know, and and to be be quite honest, I, I think they also did the trade because CP3 didn't want to be there anymore. It's got a suck plan for Houston for anybody not named James. Yeah, they they had gotten to the point where they didn't like each other. Their camps were at uh, CP3 and James Harden. Um, you know, it was it was obvious, and when it became obvious on the court, Cats was you know you had analysts pointing out the fact that you know when one had the ball, the other one would just stand in the corner and do nothing intentionally. You know, and that was in, that was on both sides. So they were tired of each other. They didn't want to be with each other. Losing the Golden State repeatedly became frustrating. Uh, especially when they kind of felt like last year was their chance to get them, <laughs> and they still couldn't get them with Durant out. Every year was their chance. They can't even beat them this year, dude, <laughs> with nobody. Right. <laughs> it's like let's stop playing this game, Houston. Like we we y'all are what y'all are. Like and Steve Kerr exposed them on, on the Christmas game. It's just like you know, so you want to let James Harden dribble all game, huh? How about we put three people on him and dare everybody else to win this game? Exactly. Exactly. So the, the the plan has to change out there for them. Yeah, they they can't even. I, I don't even know who they would trade for at this point. And you know they got to try to trade somebody to to get somebody that actually compliments Harden on on some level. That would be smart. But, but because thing is, you can't attract any free agents to Houston at this point. Like, who would want to come to Houston and just stand in the corner and watch James Harden dribble all day? Like. I can't if I'm a free agent with any type of potential, I can't imagine looking at Houston and going like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll go there. You know, like I just now now Dallas. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, number number nine, I got the CP3 Westbrook trade. Number eight, Magic Johnson quitting and his subsequent media tear right afterwards. <laughs> um, I love seeing organizations like the Knicks and the Lakers in turmoil. Um, as, as a as a lifetime Bulls fan, I, I I love that. Um, and that whole Magic Johnson thing just showed how how you know dysfunctional that they've become. You know, like you know, I mean, he just he was just naming names immediately. Yeah, it was Rob Lincoln. He, <laughs> he was backstabbing. Like it was it was crazy. Did, 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 um, does Jenny Buss know you're quitting? No, she don't know. I, I, I just yeah, magic, that. magic, magic quit before he quit. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like what camera I looking to? That camera? Oh yeah, y'all, I'm quitting. <laughs> and then he went on ESPN a week later, and he was it even it a might week? have been days. I know he. It was like I want to say it was like he pretended like Stephen A. Smith just dragged this information out of him. Oh, he was ready to say. <laughs> Oh man, I'm like, okay, Magic, Ma- Magic didn't had enough. Like it was, it was surprising because you know Magic Johnson, man, he's he's Mr. Laker, you know, like whatever's best for the organization, that's what he's gonna do. And it was just coming out, I was like, you know how bad of a person you got to be to take off Magic, and tons of people were saying it. So, yeah, 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 a lot of people were saying that, you know, um, you know, it, it was it was it was a little weird to me that. 
Kobe Bryant was so quiet during all of this. <clears throat> so, you know, I don't know if he just saw him adding to the dialogue would, would just throw more fuel on the fire or what, but um I was expecting to hear something from him, you know, but yeah, he he said yeah, he want to get between that. You know, he loves magic, but but Palenka was his guy too, so Right, right. But yeah, that was that that was number eight on my list. Number seven, man, the AD trade. Um now the craziest part and the most frustrating part about that is that you had a GM lose his job because he would not make this trade happen. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, well, he made other bad decisions. Well, how come they didn't fire him after those bad decisions? They only fired him after he refused to hand Anthony Davis over to the mm-hmm. Lakers for scraps. Okay. Now, the craziest part and the most frustrating part about the media's coverage is that after the trade happened, they 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 should have been like, okay, Lakers going to be pretty good next year, right? No, that's not what they were saying. How are we going to get a third guy? Who, who's who's going to be the third piece to to, to the LeBron AD tandem? Like, and they're yes. still saying this. They're still saying this after they lost to the Clippers. They 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 started this talk back up again. It's like, yo, how come how come they need to make all these decisions happen to get all these top heavy superstars? But when KD joins the Warriors, oh, they they destroy the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the hypocrisy is sickening, man. It's sickening. They're still talking about who's going to be that third piece. I'm, we're going to get into the Lakers later. Absolutely. But that was number seven. <clears throat> that was number seven on my list. Number six, unless you had something. Oh, else. no, go. I'm, I'm with you. We can, we can, we can dive in a little yeah. further later. Okay, okay. Number six, man. Clay Thompson's finals injury. Uh, this was memorable for all the wrong reasons, man. Because um, he was, if you go back and you look at that game, dude, he, Clay Thompson was about to drop 50, 60 points. Yeah, he was carrying him. He was, he was balling out of his mind before he got injured. Um, as we all know, he landed wrong on his leg, tore his ACL, <clears throat> had to get walked out the tunnel, walked back to do shoot his free throws. And then, of course, it was it was a done deal after that. That was one of those things that kind of tipped that tipped that series, man. Because he he was balling, man. He was balling, and, and you can tell he had a chip over on his shoulder after not making uh, first team uh, all NBA. Mm-hmm. Cost him some cash. So, yeah. And the look on Steph's face when it happened, man you you just you felt Steph Curry's soul leave his body when that happened. Cause he was like, yeah. "Oh God!" <laughs> yep, yep, man. It was, it was, it was. Yeah, that was a bad day for the Warriors, man. My heart went out to him. Number five, KD. Got <laughs> 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 got a couple injuries on this list. Um, I I don't think that KD's injury impacted anything as far as free agency. I think he was out the door mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but it definitely it definitely tipped things in the favor of Toronto in that in that finals, um, and it it, it kind of gave everybody a, a a moment an opportunity to, to point at the the Warriors and find some fault, like even if it's with their medicals team, like you know, like like see the Warriors ain't all that, you know. Um, it, it just gave everybody that moment, you know what I mean. But I think anyone in the know would have known yeah katie shouldn't have been out on that court but that was katie's decision i understand wanting to go down fighting and everything but 
the nature of his injury from the jump, you know, that caused him to miss the uh, the end of the Houston series. Like he he shouldn't have been on that court, man. All right, number four, Kawhi's cool. <laughs> um, because this was kind of like a two part. Kawhi's or so say. When okay, up Kawhi's or so say, man. Um. Yeah, he 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 wait he waited till a bunch of other players, other dominoes fell first before he announced his decision. Had everybody thinking he was going to either back to Toronto or to the Lakers. He pops up. I'm signing with the Clippers. Oh, and by the way, PG is going to be with me. So that was that was awesome, man. That was awesome. Nobody has ever. I think I heard that no one has ever won Finals MVP. Won a finals, one one finals MVP, and then left the team the previous year unless they were retiring. Never been done before. But you know, Kawhi's blazing his own trail, man. So much respect to him. And, and the the shenanigans he employed to get PG, man. That was hey, bravo. Yeah. Bravo. I did you hear did you did you hear that the the that Toronto he was trying to get Toronto to acquire yeah, PG? Too? I I had heard it when it happened. It's just Toronto didn't have as many pieces that they were willing to give up because from what I heard, okay, see, you wanted Siakam. Like that was a, it was a non-starter without Siakam. So Toronto wasn't giving them up and we see why, but you know, Toronto was like, no, that's a no go. So that, that's where that stopped. Yeah. But Kawhi, man, Kawhi pulled the cool of the century and Lakers fans was big mad. You know, because of what he... Oh, yeah, they still are. <laughs> yeah, still... <sighs> Whatever. Man. They're aggravating. Like, 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 <laughs> like, like, how, how dare you not put a Le- Le- LeBron on your back? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, man, they, they, they sicken me. All right. Um, number three, man. Dame Lillard series winner in game five against OKC. That was, you know, I know Paul George was, he was sour grapes afterwards. I don't care what anybody say, that was a bad shot. No shot is a bad shot if you make it. Yes. It's 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 only a bad shot if you miss it. If you make it, hey, all's well, ends well, you know. But, yeah, that was not a bad shot. Um, And, you know, I, I ain't really, I ain't really have no uh, no huge issue with, with, with Paul George. It was Westbrook. Because year after year, Westbrook has acted so dismissive of, of Dame Lillard. He acts like he's his little brother or something. And all Westbrook does is lose to other dudes, like in the first round. Like the, the year before, you lost to the Jazz, man. They only had one guy on that team that could score, Donovan Mitchell, who was a rookie, and you lost to that guy. You know, and it's like he just talks so much mess. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to play less D, and I'm going to take worse shots than you, but I'm going to look more energetic doing it. Now watch and see what happens. And it's like, and then he loses every time, man. He loses every time. And I think OKC knew that was going to get tired. That's why they went on ahead and traded him. This was a great, great way to end the series for Dame Lillard and the Blazers. They went on to beat the Nuggets after that, who were the number two seed, which everyone seems to forget about. Um, and then they just ran into a bus all with the Warriors, but um, that was number three, man. That series that one, was um, cold blooded shot, one of the most yeah. cold blooded shots in series we've seen in a long time. And then Russ got every bit of what he deserves, man. Russ Russell Westbrook is 6'3, Jimmy Butler. He he's he's yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. 
you know, I'm going to talk a bunch of mess on my way to another 10 for 30 shooting. And losing the first round. And, yeah, and losing the first round, by the way. But I'm, I'm going to look really energetic doing it, though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my triple-double. But, you know, I'm still losing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Number two, man. A lot of people might be surprised that I have this on the list, but it, I think it's something that solidified the greatness of another player. Steph Curry's game six against the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference semifinals. Um, if you recall, that was the game he went scoreless in the first half, and everybody was – Twitter was already blowing up. Oh, he's garbage. He's this. He's that. Then he explodes for 30 in the second half, single-handedly beats the beats the pants off the Rockets. James Harden got that look on his face that, that he normally does when he's down, looking stupid. And um, he, Steph Curry single-handedly beat him. Like, it was a phenomenal game, man, a phenomenal game. This was – and he beat him on their home court. That's the other thing. Like, like the Rockets, there were so many reasons they should have won that series, man, but they just – they couldn't get it done, man. They just wet the bed. The Warriors got their number, you know. And I, I know I've been called a Steph Curry apologist because uh, I'm light-skinned. But <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather be that for him than for some of these other players I can name, like Kyrie or, or Carl Anthony Towns or Wiggins or James Harden. You know what I mean? Like, Curry's got the hardware to back it up. That, and that brings me, you that know, brings me to, a, to a point. Um, and I, I didn't know that, that you, you rocked that hard for Steph. I guess, you know, light-skinned dudes got to stick together. But... Uh, He's a phenomenal he player. Like any objective basketball fan can see that. And I'm a Bulls fan. I'm not a Warriors fan. Like I'm a fan of this group of players. But at the end of the day, I'm still a Bulls fan. But like any objective fan of, of basketball could look at that team and see like this is something special. Yeah, exactly. Like me, you know, I'm, I'm a dark skin dude. So, but I still rock with them. <laughs> For me, you know, I've, I've always said, why did the turn? And I, I kind of know why, but why did the turn on Steph Curry happen? If you look at Steph Curry, right, like he's the ultimate. You hate him because you ain't him, dude. He, you know, if if yeah. you look, just look at the way his his life is patterned out. Um, even if it is somewhat scripted, it doesn't appear to be scripted. He has a great family. You know, his his wife looked good. I mean, I think you guys have talked about this. His wife looked good. His Sister look good. Mama look good. You know, attractive family. Yeah, nice yeah. family. Cute kids. His father played, father in, the played in the league. You know, and by all accounts, was a likable guy in the league. You have no reason to hate Steph Curry, and yet he receives endless amounts of hate. And I, I don't get it, man. And I mean, I, I get it because, I mean, part of it, part of it is because he, he prevented certain people from winning. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think you just hit it on the head. He disrupted a certain narrative. He robbed a player of another player of certain hardware who was crowned, pun intended, to uh, to, to to receive those accolades, and and he disrupted that. Yeah, he's one of many who has disrupted it, and yet he continues to be crowned. But you you brought up some other interesting points too, with just the way he looks. If it was Dame Lillard who had won that championship in, in 2015 um, against the Cavaliers, um, 
would he be as hated as Steph Curry? I don't think so. I, I think people would, would talk slick about it. Oh, yeah, well, he'd be only beat him because Kyrie went down. But I don't think he would be nearly as hated as as Steph Curry. Yeah, and, and you know when, when it first happened, he... but it's not like this dude's. It, it's not like this dude's Huff, man. He he went on to win two MVPs after that. Like, yeah, I mean, he went from being America's sweetheart know, to to so being cool. bottom of the barrel. Like people couldn't wait to see him fail, and they were bringing up stuff like, uh, you know, well, you know, they talk trash on the court, and they be all demonstrative when they hit shots. And I'm like, you know how many players in the league are demonstrative <laughs> when they hit shots? You know, J.R. Smith, Smith does rock guitar at the end. <laughs> you know, there's there's a move Smith called... breaks out a Hennessy bottle when he makes it. Exactly, and puts on a stocking cap. <laughs> right. There's a move called the silencer that a particular player has every time he hits a supposed big shot. No one says boo about it. But let Steph Curry do a little Elmo dance after he makes a three from 40 feet. Look. If you made a three from 40 feet, you would dance too. <laughs> right. right. Hey, he's not supposed to be happy about these 40 footers you make. Come on, man. Like, like give me a break. <laughs> give me a break, man. But All right. Uh, num- yes. Yeah. Um, that's my number two, man. Get game, game six against Houston, man. Go back, watch that game. Great game. Great comeback victory for, for Steph. All right. Number one. I think this one is no surprise. Kawhi's bounce shot in game seven against the Sixers to advance them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, hey, man. I'm, I'm going to talk about practice. Um, <laughs> that's a shot they say he practiced a lot in practice, uh, um, you know, warming up and everything. And, you know, this just goes to show, man, practice pays off, man. That was a, a phenomenal shot. I think you, me and you were – we were at um, primetime when, yep. when that game went down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I remember how the place erupted, man, because it was just it, – it, it, was, it, was, it was the great cap to, honestly, a, a kind of a boring game. I shouldn't say a boring game, but that game was a rock fight. Like, if you recall, like, a lot of the Raptors looked very reticent that game. Marcus Saul wasn't really taking shots. Tobias Harris wasn't really taking shots. Jimmy was only waking up every so often to do something. Like it was a it was a rock fight of a game, and you you know it was a seesaw game too. So you really didn't know how it was going to play out. You know, it's tied at the end of the, of the fourth quarter. You thinking like, okay, we about to slog into an, an overtime, and he hits that shot, man, out the corner, and then we got the John and B boohoo face at the end, and the rest was that was that was an awesome moment man that was an awesome moment yeah i mean it was it was a phenomenal shot i mean I, and i think the the bounce that in, increased the the suspense around it <laughs> yeah. i mean because that thing hit every part of the ring before winning like you, you yes, really we've really man. never seen anything like that that was something out of a movie script man yeah, I know, I know. Like we're gonna have it bounce about four times before it goes in. <laughs> yeah, so that's good stuff, man. That's the uh the Ian's top ten moments of the twenty nineteen NBA season. And I can rock with that. Um when I when I think back on it. I mean the I thought the Anthony Davis thing would be a little higher because of the drama that built up to that. With Dale yeah, Dems getting yeah. fired for somebody to come <sighs> Okay. So let's get back on this. 
So, <laughs> so Dale Dimps gets fired so they can hire LeBron's old general manager yeah. to come in and make a worse trade than Dale Dimps turned down. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And I remember hearing the reports of all the things they gave up in that trade. And I'm just like, you know, and, and, and it, it seemed like a lot, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, but they're they're getting Anthony Davis. Like this dude is a w- potential one man wrecking crew. People forget he single handedly swept the Blazers two years ago in the playoffs. <laughs> like like after Demarcus Cousins got injured, you know, and he just he just went nuts and swept a pretty good team. So it's like you're still giving up Anthony Davis, and it's like, and then you see how the season played out. Lakers just starting off the season twenty four and two. You know, and Pelicans going on 13-game losing streaks. It's just like, it's like, yeah, yeah, they didn't right. get that much. I mean, you know, props to Brandon Ingram. He's taking advantage of the situation, putting up buckets. Um, I don't think him being able yeah. to score was ever in question. But the other pieces, where are they, man? Lonzo Ball is honestly regressed. I mean, if he, if he could do that, because he was regressing in L.A., now he's regressed even more. You know, the, the other pieces, I mean, they had draft picks. And the NBA rewarded the Pelicans by giving them Zion, but Zion can't walk. Oh, man. No, no, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't remind me. I mean, like, and people forget, too, when the trade happened, Lonzo Ball had finished the season in street clothes, and Brandon Ingram was having blood clot issues. So it's like, if you're if you're the GM of a basketball team, Chris, would you have taken that deal? No. I would not have. Like, yeah. You know, it's just like, and then Josh Hart, like, he's a non-factor. Um, you know, who cares about picks right now? It's just... Interestingly enough, the Lakers yeah, kind of need a Josh Hart right now. Yeah, but they, they kind of, they, they've been putting a lot of their eggs in the Cal Kuzma basket, too. So, which, you know, I have my theories as to why he's playing worse. I think, I think just... I, I just don't think a lot of plays are being drawn up for him. I don't I don't think that – I think in their head, they don't need to get him in, as involved as they used to because now you have Anthony Davis, and they could just kind of do that pick and roll all day. Um, and Cal Kuzma has regressed, you know. Like, he had a good game against the Clippers, but, you know, it was a little too little too late. But um, I don't know, man. Kuz doesn't look as good as he used to. So now, now that you brought it up – Let's talk about the Battle of L.A., uh, part two. Yeah. Um, the first one, it, it almost this one almost mirrored the first game where there was, you know, a, a series of runs, and then the Lakers in the third quarter kind of looked like they were in the driver's seat and the Clippers came back to take the game. And this seemed to happen in this game, too. And what what I noticed is – you have two distinct styles, two distinct cultures, whereas the Lakers are very Hollywood, very glitz, glamour, yes. you know. And it's literally, literally and figuratively, they're Hollywood. And the Clippers are South Central. They dogs, they, they want to scrap, turn into a street fight, you know, i.e. Patrick Beverly and Kawhi and Paul, they, they want to go out there and scrap Montrez Harrell. You know, it, it's just a bunch of dudes that that look like they still gang bang, and they play like they yeah. still gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
you 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 gotta love a team whose premier defender is a vice lord. <laughs> like you, you gotta love that. <laughs> but you're right. It's 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 two different cultures, and and they both have a culture of winning. But like, well, the Clippers are still kind of developing their culture of winning. It, it, it's still kind of new to that. But you're right. Yeah, it's, it's it's two different cultures. You got. You got people from the block, and then you got transplants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't think Hollywood wants to see South Central for two weeks in a seven-game series. No. No. I think they're they, – dude, the best thing that can happen is that, like – for the best thing that can happen for the Lakers is, like, Kawhi gets injured, gets terribly injured again, or Paul George gets terribly injured again, or – um you know, by some fluky means, the Nuggets beat the beat the Clippers in the first round, and they don't have to see them in the second or third round. Well, we know that's not going to happen. Um, but that's yeah, you're right. They don't want to see them in a seven game series. Yeah, I think that the Lakers' hope, law and hope is is probably Houston because Houston seems to match up well with the Clippers. Um. But I don't even know if, if over the course of seven games that Houston will perform well. Because obviously, you know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook have their playoff struggles. And when you're going against a tenacious team like that, that seems like they're just they're built to to do the small things well. That's the kind of teams that beat Houston. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Houston, man, they don't they don't have a prayer. Like, I think they could win one out of a seven-game series, but, like, I honestly think that, like, they would win one game and, and, and that would be it. Like, it would be a gentleman sweep, honestly. Like, they – I've joked about this before, man, but Houston just isn't tested to fitness when it comes to the playoffs. Like, you know, we talked about what Russell Westbrook's record for the past three years getting bounced in the first round. And then James Harden, man, he just, you know, he lost to Steph Curry by himself last year and he just I don't know man like he just they don't they don't strike me as a team that wants it you know what I mean like the Clippers strike me as a team who wants it mm-hmm. you know they got they got like they got a chip on their shoulder you know what I mean they got an axe to grind like in their own city let alone against the the rest of the league you know so yeah man I, I, I just I just don't believe in them but but going back to the Lakers versus Clippers, man, you you have one team that can afford low management, and you have another team that cannot afford to do low management, mm. and and that's 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 one of the differences between the two of them. And then the other thing is the benches. The Clippers bench is averaging fifty two point four points per game. Um, you know how much the Lakers bench is averaging. 13. Wow. So let's say, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, Paul George does get injured or Kawhi Leonard does get injured. You got plenty of guys, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, who are going to step up to the plate and perform. And it's not, it's not necessarily going to be a death nail for them. LeBron or AD go down. It's over. Yeah, it's over. And it's, it's sad because like, LeBron and AD, honestly, I think they have a higher ceiling as players than Kawhi and PG, but the Clippers are just a better built team. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing I like to see the Clippers do is get another big. 
Um, it seemed like LA with their with their bigs, they kind of beat them up on the boards a little bit. Yeah, and, and that could be a problem. But if the Clippers got just another decent pick, like if you just went, if the Clippers went out and got like a Taj Gibson, that would do wonders for them because the Knicks ain't playing. Or Stephen Adams. Ah. Hmm. Yeah, they, they need like a Stephen Adams type. Uh, man, dude, I would even be satisfied with a Bobon. Of course you would, because Bobon is great. Yeah, Bobon is is hot, uh, man. Like, I don't know what his skill set is, but dude, that's a big dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he can particularly do anything. <laughs> he can't jump over a piece of paper, but he, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Bobon is awesome. Yeah, they, they, and he's just kind of—he seems to be just kind of collecting dust on on Dallas. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of bigs out here collecting dust. I know, I know the the game is transitioning to a smaller man's game, but it's a lot of bigs out here to be had, man. You know, just gotta yeah, absolutely find the right one at the right price because both these teams are capped out. But yeah, I don't. And like you said, that was a, that was a good point. The, the whole low management thing with the Clippers, the Clippers can afford to do that. And I think I think Kawhi going to the Clippers, I think he looked at that too. Because, yeah, you know, yeah. He, and he's not doing – it's not like Lakers fans, LeBron fans. It's not like Kawhi is doing this low management thing just because he likes games off. He has a <laughs> legitimate, nagging, chronic condition. Yeah, that's what they forget. And then the big goof comes out. See, I don't, I don't like doing this, Ian, because the man can play basketball very, very well. But then he, I love doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but then he says and does things, and then he has his lemmings who get on board with anything he says. He says he's never done and doesn't do load management. When he's done load management. Yeah, he did. He did it. He, he's done it for at least two years straight. He did it last year. <laughs> the Lakers literally shut him down the last five games for load management. But then he did it a week after he made that statement. Remember, remember, remember uh, man, what was the team where they playing right before the Clippers? Um, I can't remember the team, but like he set out basically. And then you get on. And, well, he has a groin problem, but Kawhi doesn't have a knee problem. Oh, and a quad problem. He's he's been having this this mysterious quad issue ever since he's been in San Antonio. Exactly. Like that's how all this low management stuff started. So he still has that issue, like hanging over his head too. But like, yeah, you know, LeBron. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a uh, you know why why wouldn't I? You know, it's like, come on, dude. You you you're trying to say the right things right now, but we all know you you don't have a problem with low management. You know, and I that's why I appreciate what Doc Rivers said. Like, yo, their position is whatever LeBron's position is. Like, like you mean to tell me if LeBron James went to his front office and was like, yeah, that game where the Hornets come to town and the game where the Hawks come to town and the um and the Memphis Grizzlies, I almost said this one out. You you really think they're gonna have a problem with that? Of course not. And the NBA wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, yeah, of course not. AD can handle that. That's light work. The NBA wouldn't have a problem with it at all. But, you know, he likes it. See, another thing I heard, and I read this recently, was that there's some legit beef between LeBron and Kawhi. Really? Yeah. Like, their camps don't like each other. 
And that was part of the reason LeBron came out and said that because he was kind of trying to spot up Kawhi and put the spotlight on him for taking that load management. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know what? It always cracks me up when I hear people talk about players' camps. I'm like, man, who, who, who's in this camp? Right, is, right. Is it, is, 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 is it some people in some hoodies? Like, what's, what do you mean the camps don't get along? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I don't like that, Iggy. <laughs> You know, like, like, how is it deeper than rap? Like, how, 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 how deep does this go here? You know, um. Oh, another thing about that game too, I, I didn't see. I remember seeing AD getting a lot of touches in the fourth quarter. Hmm. I think if you would put the ball in his hands more, they might have been able to eke out a win. You know. Um, so are you saying we're going back the to Lakers LeBron. should give the ball to their best player? That's exactly what I'm mm-hmm. saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. And, and here's something else that a lot of people aren't talking about. Man, Rob Parker actually brought this up. Like, so th- this charge that LeBron took from Pat, Pat Bev that allegedly re-aggravated his groin injury, oh, that, that happened in the first quarter. Exactly. Did you did you hear that? No, I, I saw the <laughs> – I didn't hear Rob Parker, but I saw the, the charge. And a lot of LeBron's people are saying it was a cheap shot from Patrick Beverly. Was it, though? It didn't it look wasn't. that way. It wasn't. If if anyone's ever played basketball or seen a layup, when you go for a layup, your knee is up because you're taking off from the ground. Yeah, and and like he was, it wasn't even a layup. He passed it off to someone else. Yeah, LeBron's trying to take a charge from a guy who's infinitely smaller than him. And exactly, you know, as a result, he got got a knee to the chops. So so that collision happened in the first quarter. Yeah, the second quarter comes. And Anthony Davis has this little play where he falls on Kevin Hart. What does LeBron James do with his supposed injured groin? He jumps in Kevin's Hart's laps. T- he jumps in Kevin Hart's lap too. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you just, <laughs> you just want to be 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 the cool guy so bad. You can't even let AD have this moment. You gotta jump. You gotta jump in his lap too with 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 your injured groin. You know, like. Or supposed injury groin, you know. It's just like, dude, just stop, just stop. Yeah, let let AD be AD. Let AD hold it down. Like, yeah, I did not see AD getting a lot of touches in the in the fourth quarter, and I, I think that's kind of where they also went wrong. But who knows? Maybe even if they had done that, Kawhi would have, you know, activated some attack mode in his brain switch and 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 would have, you know, scored forty instead of thirty five. Who knows? Exactly the Kawhi droid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mr. Soulbox. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, we, we got that that outlook on the season going forward. And, you know, like I said, the load management thing, and I know it got to you a little bit, uh, it got to me. Another thing I just heard, and you talked about camps, but I guess there's truth to this because – LeBron, LeBron said that the player has discussed it with him. Did you hear about Kyle Kuzma's trainer? Yes, the tweet, right? Yeah. Yeah. That LeBron yeah. ain't putting in the work. Well, he didn't say that, though. That's how people are. Well, he said Kawhi works harder. Yeah, he said Kawhi works harder and his skill set is, is more diverse. So, whatever he said. Um, 
yeah, I, you, I mean, was he wrong? Like, I saw, I saw no lies. You know, was he wrong? And here's the thing: we've been saying for three years Kawhi is the best two way player in, in in basketball. Like, can we just admit that he might be the best? I don't know. Like, how how can you be the best two way player for three years but not the best player? <laughs> I mean, he he's a better defender. He's a better shooter on the perimeter. I mean, I would say LeBron's a better passer, but Kawhi's no slouch. Yeah, he's gotten Kawhi's getting. He's better gotten better with passing. Down the stretch, I mean, I guess Kawhi slightly has an edge. He's, he's done a little more recently in big games. But, I mean, LeBron didn't play any big games last year. But my, my point is basketball is only played two ways, <laughs> offensively and defensively. And if he's better offensively, he's, doing... he's better defensively. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, if he's the best in both in both categories, it's like – you know, why aren't people considering him at least top three? You know, like, I, I'd be willing to admit that LeBron's offensive ceiling, I don't know. I, I, I can't really say that, though. Like, I was going to say his offensive ceiling is a lot higher, but I don't know. It all it all depends, man. It depends on what LeBron you're getting that day. Yeah. And if and, – and I don't know why he didn't do it more in the Christmas Day game. But if Giannis is making the three the way he did against the Lakers, yeah, uh, everybody can tuck their chain. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> tuck their chain because Giannis is snatching links. <laughs> Just, he's snatching links and crowns, man. He's if he's making if he's making three threes a game, it's it's done deal. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee, yeah, that's a great segue because Milwaukee is another team that just does not get the respect they deserve. Everybody wants to crown Philadelphia the kings of the East. And now every some people are, are, are playing this little foolish game, acting like the Heat might come out the East. It's like, stop it. Yeah, the Heat are playing good, but like they 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 all right, but they not real, man. Come on. Yeah, the, the Heat are the Heat are kind of beating up on the lower tier of the East, when they're playing the upper echelon teams, it's not going that way. It's, you know, they they still can't hang with the Milwaukee's and the Philadelphia's and the Boston's. Um, you know, shout out to the Heat, because I honestly didn't think they would be this good, you know? And, Me neither. And- Me neither. I, I had them making the playoffs, but I definitely didn't have them as a three seed. Um, I think I had them at like seven, I want to say, but like, you know their their best player is still Jimmy Butler. Now that they 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 got a they got a lot of potential. Out of bio is that dude is amazing. Like I, I think he's he he's what Zion Williamson should be. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, man, they're balling, man. They're balling. Yeah, and I'm I'm not finna foul. I got into it with some Heat fans at the beginning of the season. Uh, on social media. I'm not filing a formal apology yet because the playoffs haven't happened. <laughs> what did you say? What did you do to take them off? <laughs> so, you know, we as Chicago people, Chicago area people, we have our own Jimmy Butler relationship. And we know Jimmy Butler as a perennial first round out. So, you know, there was a picture of Jimmy Butler on social media and I they said give it was him and Tyler Hero, I think. And they said give this combo a nickname. 
So I said, first round out. <laughs> hey man, if they if they face off with with Indiana in the first round, I don't know. It ain't, I don't. I don't have them winning that. That's what I'm saying. So they're doing well, but I'm not filing that apology yet because the playoffs haven't happened. They're doing better than I expected. Like I was with you, I thought they were going to be a seventh seed, and they're doing way better than I expected. But by the time the playoffs come around, there's a guy who wears number four in Indiana who's going to be back, and you add him to that team that's already playing well. Yeah. They match up pretty well against the Heat too. I, that's 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 going to be that's a dope series basketball wise right there. Yeah. Sabonis, you know, cuz they they're built each team is built to test the other one. Like like I think they match up pretty well together. Like I I would definitely watch that series. Oh, very much so. Um, that that would be that would be exciting to see those two bump heads. You know, I, I and I can admit when I've been wrong, like I, I, I never I, I shouldn't say never, but like I at first I did not buy that Eric Spolstra was a good coach. He, he's a good coach. He's a good. I coach. always rock with Spo, man. But, you know, he, he he got he was a victim of the whole big three thing fiasco and, you know, getting shoulders dro- dropped into him by certain players and. You know, it, which which was unfortunate, and uh, but he can coach. He can coach. Yeah, I mean, look what he's done since it all imploded. You know, it's it's he's had he's made the playoffs every, every year. year. Yeah. Different cast of characters, and a lot of guys you don't even recognize. He's getting them to the playoffs. Yep, but going back to Milwaukee, man, you you touched on Giannis. Um, I remember you brought this question up in the syllabus uh, about. You know, do Milwaukee fans have a right to be a little pissed? They they absolutely have a right. You know, their team doesn't get nearly as much coverage as the Lakers and the uh, and the, the 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 Sixers and shoot even the Knicks at times, um, and even the Clippers. I think they the media covers the Clippers more than they cover the Bucks. Um, and when they do talk about the Bucks, it's always about well, where's Giannis going to go when he becomes a free agent? Mm-hmm. It's like they don't even they don't even entertain the thought of him staying in Milwaukee, you know. So um, they're the number one seed in the East, and the East is better than it was. And they they went through injuries, like they've had a series of injuries this year, and the next guy just steps up and they they keep winning, you know. And then they went on a what was it, an eighteen game winning streak this year? Yep, was it eighteen? Yeah. Like, um, Matthews, he's not playing like trash anymore. Um, George Hill, he's still a competent point guard. Bledsoe is playing like a dude who deserves to be a starting point guard. They still got Ilya Sova. They got both Lopez's. They're competent defenders. Um, you know, and Wesley Matthews hasn't even woken up yet. He's only averaging eight points a game. And Bledsoe hasn't played in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But I mean that that yeah, worries me because you know how I feel about Eric Bledsoe. I don't. I think him and and Reggie Jackson in Detroit. I don't think a team can truly succeed with those two guys on the team. Well, you you got to keep Wesley Matthews and I'm sorry, not Wesley Matthews. You got to keep Eric Bledsoe in his in his role in his proper role. What is that? Um, <sighs> play playmaker. Run, run plays, man. Run plays. Okay, I see. 
Like, like I don't want the ball in his hands when the game is on the line in the fourth quarter. Like, there's so many other people on that team. Middleton, for one, I, I would want to see the ball in, in their hands. Like, Middleton, Giannis, um, yeah, even even shoot, even Brooke Lopez, man. I'd rather see the ball in his hands. Um, yeah, but they're 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 a good team, man. Oh, very they're much a good so. team, man. But they but they don't get the the press just doesn't give them the, the props that they deserve, man. And maybe Bledsoe can shake that stigma I put on him like uh, Kyle Lowry did last year. Maybe, maybe he's he's no like he's no like Raymond Felton or no uh, what's the other dude Dion Waiters type of guy, but. Yeah, I, I he does worry me sometimes. Like he he can be he can be very streaky and inconsistent. Yeah, but shout out props to uh, Milwaukee. We should probably get the get the, the squad together, man. Go up to Wisconsin and take in a Bucks game. Yeah, man. It's easy, yeah. it's easier to get a Bucks ticket price wise than it is to get a Bulls ticket. Isn't that something? That's insane. That's insane. We have to That's pay insane, more man. to watch incompetent basketball players, moronic head coaches, and trash <laughs> front offices. Yeah, we all gonna run these laps, and that's gonna turn in the wind. <laughs> and punch this clock. <laughs> Yo, who would you rather have on the Bulls, Zach Levine or Ben Simmons? Oh, <sighs> who's my coach? I think that makes it. Still got boiling. If I still got boiling, I'd rather have Ben Simmons. Really? Ben Simmons plays defense. And he's going to play defense no matter who the coach is. Okay. okay. Um, Zach, I, I, I like Zach, but I mean, I, I guess they're in the same space for me. They're both kind of like the third best guy on a really good team. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you think it's time to break up that that Simmons and B tandem? What happened to the Simmons jump shot? And I and I know that I know you said that too much is being made of it. Um, but he doesn't have to hit threes. He just has to hit eighteen footers and free throws. And well, see, he this this is why I say he's miscast. No, he doesn't have to do that. But when you're the starting point guard. The the best point guards in the league are point guards who can defend and point guards who can shoot. Any star point guard, that's 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 why they're a star point guard. Um, you know, you you got to be at least decent at both of those aspects of the game. Um, and he's got the defense part down, but he just doesn't have that other part down. Here's what I propose. Um, since he's just collecting dust on a terrible team anyway, you trade Ben Simmons for Drew Holiday. But you can get more from the Pelicans, I guess. Oh man. <laughs> throw throw JJ Reddick back in there. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 really need the punt, man, this season and like just figure it out like what where are we going to go like what's what, what's going to be our identity are we going to make it work with ingram and zion um you know what are we going to do because you got a lot of competent veterans over there who are just man they, they're just on a team that's going nowhere fast like i thought the pelicans would at least be like an eight seed this year maybe but you they're know. missing a big piece i mean now we honestly you we have to have doubts about 
what Zion's going to be. I mean, you know, I had doubts anyway. Not throwing shade on the kid, but I had doubts anyway because of just same thing with Derrick Rose. It's like certain things, the human body at your size or your weight or whatever you're trying to do, certain things the human body isn't designed to do. And you can't escape just certain physics of things. And Zion Williamson was doing things that did not fit his body shape, his body type. And now it kind of came back and wrecked him a little bit. So now we don't know what he's going to be. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Um, <laughs> they, I, I heard an interesting statistic on him the other day. You know, he's the third heaviest player in the NBA. Really? You know who number one and two is? I know one is Boban. One is Boban. Two is Taco Fall. Zion is number three, just below those guys. It's like, that what, dude's two, got a lot of weight. 280? It might be more than 280, to be quite honest with you. Probably now. <laughs> like I said, man, Zion is Zion is down there uh, eating beignets and and gumbos <laughs> and crab meats, crab meat, <laughs> and uh, perhaps getting loose women pregnant with uh, future <laughs> LSU linebackers. Yeah, man, he's 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 uh, all right. Yeah, he's two eighty four. So two hundred eighty four pounds. That's a lot. And he's only six six. For your for your game to be springy, jumpy, you know, jump high, stop hard guy, you know. Yeah, tackle tackle fall taller than him, and he's only three eleven. Yeah, he's only three hundred eleven pounds. Yeah, I mean, we, that's crazy. We had the. I mean, Zion's doing some of the stuff that Derek was doing. Where you just jump sideways and stop awkward and that's murder on the knees. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I said that when I was watching him at Duke, man. Like, um, you know, he just the way he's moving around, man. Like, I don't know how those knees are gonna hold, man. I just, I just didn't, I just didn't trust him, man. And I, I didn't know it was gonna be his knees that gave out, but sure enough, it was go- it was his knees. You know, he was injured in high school, and he was injured at Duke, and he was injured in summer league. Then he got injured in the preseason. It's like, I don't know, man. Am I the only one who's noticing this? Like, notice the pattern here? Yeah. It's, it's crazy uh, what he's going through. New Orleans, man, they need, they need to figure it out. Definitely. Real quick to switch gears. I know you're not a baseball guy, but I do got a shot of my team in Chicago White Sox. They're making big moves out here. Um Signing uh, Dallas Keuchel, Grandal, some other things still in the works, Encarnacion. So shout out to the White Sox trying to take the division. And this might interest you. Uh, get your son to be a baseball player or a baseball agent. Because have you, <laughs> did you hear about Scott Boris, the baseball agent? No. So no. like four of the top five free agents this year were his clients. So off their deals, he's made over this free agency, like if on the average of like 5% for an agent, they estimate he's made at minimum $65 million. As an agent? As an agent. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about changing a career now. Man. Man, yeah. Yeah, that's that's... 
I mean, hey, there's a lot more money in baseball, man. We we you know, we 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 kind of look at the the football players and the basketball players, but and what they're making, man, but there's no cap in baseball. People kind of forget that. Yep. There's no cap for the players and there's no cap for the agents. No cap. And then, you know, the Yankees are just going to they're going to overpay whoever they want. <laughs> right, like they always do. The Bears uh, <laughs> continue to be the picture of mediocrity. Uh, Mitch Trubisky <laughs> went back to looking like trash, and Matt Nagy looks a little better as a coach. So now Bears fans don't know if it's Nagy or Trubisky who's the problem again. So there's that. You know, I hate to be that guy that says, I told you so, but I remember having a conversation back in the fall with Rodney where he was trying to tell me yeah, the Bears could win the division, they could go 10 and 6. And I was like, yeah, let's let's look at the schedule. And then like we started looking at the schedule and I'm like, man, dude, I give them 7 7 and 9 at best. Yeah. And here we are. They're what? 7 and 8. So they're 7 and 8 right now. And they got yes. who the Vikings next. Okay. Um hey, you know. At this point they've been eliminated anyway, so Exactly. <laughs> you know, who cares if they if they win or lose? But, you know, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know enough about the Bears to, to weigh in on whether it's it's Trubisky or, or Nagy or whoever. Um, you know, I, I really don't know. But, I mean, here's a question. Who, who's, who's Trubisky throwing the ball to? He has competent receivers. He needs, a, he needs better tight ends. Uh, tight end is a, is a key part of this offense, like, this offense compares to like Kansas City and Philadelphia, where their tight ends are stars. <laughs> the Bears don't have that. They have Allen Robinson, who's a really, really good wide receiver. He actually got snubbed for the Pro Bowl. Most people in, in league circles believe he's a Pro Bowl receiver. He did great this year, but Trubisky is just missing guys by three yards. And it started off, Nagy wasn't calling the right plays, and people were pining for Trubisky to have a certain group of plays called, and they were, he started calling those plays, and Trubisky uh, was running those well, and then the Kansas City game came, and he looked like trash again, even though Nagy was calling the right plays. Here's my diagnosis of Trubisky, though. Maybe, just maybe, Mitch Trubisky doesn't respond well to pressure. When you put pressure on him to be a pocket quarterback, something he wasn't trying to change his game, he didn't respond well. Then you changed the play set to something where he could succeed, but he went up against the guy that everyone's comparing him to, Mahomes, and he didn't respond well. So maybe Mitch Trubisky doesn't respond well to pressure. And a but was that the only game he just did not? It was that was the Kansas City game, the only game he no. But in. That's the conditions see, were right. what, like everything that people said Nagy wasn't doing for Trubisky, he was doing. And Trubisky had played well for four weeks because Nagy decided to just go back to what was working with Trubisky. He kept doing that in this Kansas City game, but what was going on? All this talk leading up to the game. Well, Mahomes was picked behind you and. So they're talking about that whole narrative again. He didn't perform well. I think a, part, a great part of it is pressure. I don't think Trubisky is on the upper tier of bright quarterbacks. And those are two things that are pretty key to 
possibly the most important position in sports. Yeah, I agree. Agree. I, I just think I don't know, man. Like, I, I think he might need some more help. I, I honestly, I think that's what it is. Like, um, you know, look. It, here's a novel idea: <laughs> the teams that are doing really well. <laughs> what are they doing? What 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 positions? What positions do they have great players at? And what are those players doing? Like, do that. You know, like, I know that's a very that's a that's an oversimplification of it. But like the Bears seem to have this do this thing where they like they get one good player and then they just want to ride that one good player into the sunset and just kind of hope and cross their fingers and hope that success will come. Like it, it, it was it was Erlacher at first, then it was Jay Cutler, now it's Khalil Mack. You know what I mean? And it's just like yeah, the other positions, the other people on the field that you have to, and other positions you kind of have to shore up, you know. And I know I'm overly, overly simplifying this, but like, you know, <sighs> they got to do something different, man. They got to. Yeah, something. and then it's that whole general manager wanting to be the smartest guy in the room thing. Sometimes you just got to do the obvious thing because it's what you're, what you should do. You know. You, you mean fall? No, I'm talking about just when they when they pick players. You know, when the Bears go out and they're they're scouting and they're drafting, you don't always have to go and find a guy under a rock. Sometimes just pick the guy who's killing everybody. <laughs> well, it's, well, see, but then Chris, you would have to pay him money, <laughs> like, and a lot of it. <laughs> and that's the other thing the Bears. That's the other thing the Bears suck at. Yeah. Anybody ever notice? Anybody ever notice why the Bears don't have cheerleaders? Are you still stuck on the cheerleader thing? Because they don't want to pay. Because they don't want to pay them. Yes, dude. That that's a, a a having cheerleaders isn't everything. It's it's a very small thing, but it gives you some insight into their mentality. So I thought it was supposedly because um um Grandma McCaskey didn't want women demeaned or something like that yeah that was it it, it, was, it was that's what they said when reality was her husband was just boinking one back in the day and when she found out she got rid of cheerleaders but yeah they'll, they'll, they'll go with the whole thing <laughs> yeah let's go with that let's go with that good answer good answer you know but the fact that you want to stay spring for cheerleaders it's just it's, it's like they, that reminds me of people who got their own place and instead of just buying a garbage can, they'll just hang a, a bag on a doorknob. It's like, just buy a garbage can. It's a small thing. <laughs> Everyone else has garbage cans. <laughs> it's like, am I crazy? Like, It's a small thing, yeah. yeah it's a small thing, man. <laughs> Let's move on to not a small thing. That's the grub report. Did you, uh, were you able to line something up for yeah. us? Yes. Now you know me, man. I'm I'm not I'm not one for for you know. It's a time and place for fancy restaurants. I'm a blue collar guy, man. I, I like supporting local businesses. Uh, the place I'm plugging this week is called Cal Harbor. It's a um, it's a little I wouldn't say hole in the wall restaurant, but it's a small restaurant on the corner of 115th and Champlain. Um, you got to really look for it or you'll miss it. You'll drive right past it. It's 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 not far from the metro station. It's a nice little quaint breakfast slash lunch spot. They have 
enormous omelets, enormous skillets. It's one of those places you just walk in. There's no wait. You just walk in, sit down where you want to sit down. The waitresses call you sugar. You know, it's one of them type places. Um, but great breakfast food. It, the the prices are reasonable. Called Cal Harbor. Um, check them out one day. And I think they close at like five or six o'clock. So if you're gonna if you're gonna hit them up, you got to go in like the the first you know first half of the day. So. Um, yeah, Cal Harbor, man. It's a local Southside staple, man. Is Check them out. And it's not far from the, from the Argus Brewery, which is probably about two blocks two blocks down. Um, it's a brewery um, right off the Metro Tracks yeah. as well on 115th Street. They do, yeah, they do tours every other Saturday. In fact, we, we got to hit them up one day. I went with my wife a couple of months ago. We did the whole tour and they give you beer and give you the history of the different beers and the history of the brewery. It's, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, so is Cal Harbor that spot right across the street from McDonald's? Yes. Okay, I yes. see that. Sometimes when I when I go into the city and hop on the metro over there, um, I, I yep. see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's on yeah. the east side. Yeah, it's on the east side of the city. Okay, yeah, and then Argus Brewery right there down the street from the metro. Good mean to hit that up. Also got to get you out here, uh, get some of the guys out here in the Northwest Indiana area, it's probably about four or five good breweries we can hit up. They do uh, tours and have really? restaurants and uh, do good burgers and stuff like that. So, Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I'm down. Yeah. Um, I don't have much. I went to Eduardo's Pizza yesterday. I pubbed them a little bit. Eduardo's Pizza, they make a good brand of pizza. Uh, nice thin crust. Very cheesy. Um, it's not it's not beggars where they just pack mounds and mounds of everything on there. <laughs> yeah, beggars. Beggars, fell beggars off, has man. fallen off, <laughs> but they still put tons of everything on your pizza. But that's not what makes good pizza. True. Good ingredients make good pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares if you if you how much food is on the pizza if it, if they're cheap True. ingredients, man? Like the sausage is cheaper than it used to be. I can taste it. Yeah, it's it's all rubbery and whatnot. The the, the cheese is all super yeah. oily. But this Eduardo's was was real good. Um, Where's the, the one I went to was on Calumet. As soon as you as soon as you cross over into Hammond, you take Calumet South. And once you come off the expressway, it's like one block down. Eduardo's Natural Pizza. Okay, okay, okay. I know the area you're talking about. It's like a, it's like a little corner. Yeah, yeah. Because then it's yeah, it's a strip mall right, right across the street from it. Okay. Yep. Yep. That was solid. That was solid. Little uh, evening me and some friends had last night. Uh, Good pizza. But we definitely want to thank. Uh, the good doctor, Ian, for joining us here on the Stay House Podcast. Appreciate you contributing, man. Oh, man, thanks um, for having me, man. You know, us and some of the, the other podcasts, we talk about getting some things together, some stuff in development. We'll be able to entertain all of our fans uh, on a higher level. So that's still in the works. Um, shout out to all the fans out there of both the podcasts, all the podcasts, really. Stay House, MVP, and Vibes and Stuff. You know, we appreciate y'all continuing to listen, continue to support. I've been Chris. Oh, go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Hey, a little quick, quick little, quick little, 
quick little plug for MVP, man. We, we, we know it's been a couple of weeks since we hit y'all off with some new material. Well, um, we, we haven't done any shows as at the moment just because of busy schedules, but we will be breaking you all off with a playlist soon. Courtesy of Brother Sanders. <laughs> you me and Rodney, me and Rodney, we spent we spent a nice little Saturday evening at Brother Sanders' house, man, in the basement, playing cards, digging in the crates. We got some we got some cuts for y'all, man. We got some cuts for y'all. <laughs> y'all gotta chill with this baby making stuff. <laughs> I ain't got the budget. I ain't got the budget for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of us do. None of us do. <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna be hitting you off with a brother Sanders playlist soon, man. We look forward to that. Appreciate you once again. <laughs> it's been Chris. Rocking with Ian. Thanks. Thanks Call for having back. me. All right. All right. Catch up. Catch up with y'all later. Peace. Peace.